Chapters 28 and 29 Of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 2, by Palladius. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 28 The History of a Certain Virgin Who Grew Old in the Works of the Fear of God It was related by a certain old man who said, There was a virgin who was far advanced in years, and who had grown old in the fear of God. And having been asked by me to tell me the reason why she left the world, she began with sighs to speak to me as follows. Great and marvelous things have happened unto me. When I was a young girl, I had a father who was a pleasant man and who was modest in his disposition. Now he was a delicate man in health, and he was always suffering for some kind of sickness, and he lived entirely to himself and never interfered in the affairs of other people, and it was with the greatest difficulty that he could be induced to see the people of his village. When he was in good health, he devoted his attention unceasingly to the care of his estate, and he occupied himself at all seasons with the cultivation of his fields. But finally he was obliged to pass many long days of his life laid out on a bed of sickness, and he was so quiet that those who are not acquainted with him would have thought that he was deaf. And I had a mother who, in all her ways and manners, was the opposite of my father, and she used to do things which were beyond her capacity. Her words to everyone were many, and she poured out her speech uselessly to everyone, and she talked so much that everyone imagined that her body was composed wholly of tongues. Moreover, she had quarrels with her neighbors continually, and she was always in a state of drunkenness, and she drank shamelessly at all times with wanton folk, and she managed the affairs of her house badly, after the manner of a harlot. And at length, though the house was well furnished with goods of every kind, and it was with the greatest difficulty that the people could find enough to supply our wants, she was very lax in the care for the things which my father required in his illness, but she displayed the utmost attention in providing for her own body in a disgraceful manner, and the people of the village at length fled before her shameless appearance. No illness ever came upon her, and she had never been ill in the whole course of her life, from the day she was born, and she was healthy in body until her death. When therefore I, a wretched girl, had lived for some time in such circumstances as these, it happened that, after struggling against a long illness, that is to say, my father was obligated to pass every day of his life in the infirmity of sickness, at length he departed from the world. Now at the very moment of his death the weather changed, and the rain poured down in torrents, and lightnings and thunders were tearing through the air, and disturbing it violently, and it was impossible to tell whether it was day or whether it was night, for this reason my father lay dead on his bier for three days, for the weather did not permit him to be buried, and moreover it made the people of the village to shake their heads, and they wondered and said, perhaps great wickedness were come by this man secretly, and he may have been found to be such an enemy of God that even the earth will not permit his burial, but in order that his body might not go wholly to corruption even though the weather was gloomy and threatening, and the rain had not ceased, by some means or other we carried him to the grave, and laid him therein. 
Now my mother, as one who had found great relief, forthwith fulfilled, unreproved, her wanton lusts to the utmost, and she straightway turned my father's house into an abode of harlots, and she lived there in such a state of luxury and lascivious pleasure that soon of all the goods in it only a mere remnant was left, and that remnant she left to me when I was very young. Then with difficulty came death to my mother, and in my opinion he was afraid to approach her, for great worms grew in her, and with much trouble she was buried, the weather by its serenity and the sun by its splendor helping in the work. Now after the death of my mother, and whilst I was still a little girl, I left the world. During the period when I was a young woman, the lusts of the body were stirred up within me, and they goaded me severely, and I used to rise up in the evening or night, that I might lie down again and find a little relief from the disturbance of my mind, and a struggle went on in my thoughts, for I wondered what manner of life I should choose for myself, and how I should end the days of my life, and whether they would be passed in quietness and happiness and fair chastity, even as they were during my father's lifetime. Then my thoughts spake unto me thus, Behold, in this world thy father did not enjoy any happiness whatsoever, but he passed all his life in sickness and wretchedness, and he departed from this world of trouble under the same circumstances, and even the earth was unwilling to receive his body. Are men to receive such a life as this from God? And why did my father deserve such treatment? On the other hand, supposing I choose to lead a life like that of my mother, will that be any better to deliver my body over to fornication and lavishness? and the gratification of my lusts. For behold, my mother left no kind of abominable wickedness which she did not commit, and she destroyed her whole life with her depravity, and yet she departed from this world, having enjoyed health and prosperity every day of her life. What then? Is it not then right for me to live even as she lived? For it is better that I should believe with mine own eyes, and that they should see for themselves that a variety and the ending of such matters. For there is nothing better than to understand thoroughly whatsoever we see open before our eyes. And I, the wretched girl, vainly imagined that such thoughts were the thoughts of truth. And for this reason I determined to prepare myself to live even as my mother had lived. Now when the night had overtaken me, and immediately sleep had fallen upon me, after thinking thoughts of this kind, a certain man of huge stature stood up above me, and his appearance was frightful, and his form made me tremble and terrified me. And his face was hard, and in a stern voice he asked me, saying, Tell me, so-and-so, what are these thoughts which are in thy heart? And because I was terrified by his appearance and form, I scarcely dared to look upon him. And in a voice which was sterner than before, he commanded me to reveal to him the things I had settled in my own mind to do, and being stupefied with fear, I forgot all my thoughts, and I said unto him, My Lord, I know not what thou sayest, and having thus denied that I knew, he reminded me of everything which I had thought out in my mind, one after the other. Therefore, having rebuked myself, I turned and begged and entreated him that I might be held worthy of forgiveness, and I related unto him the reason for such thoughts. 
Then he straightway said unto me, I am about to show thee both thy father and thy mother, and the different manner which they lead, and the things which each doeth, and thou shalt choose which life thou wilt lead. And he took me by my hands, and drew me away, and carried me to an exceeding high plain, wherein there were many paradises, and thick trees heavily laden with fruits, which for appearance and beauty surpassed description. Now when I had entered into that plain, my father met me, and embraced me and kissed me, and he held converse with me, and called me my daughter. And whilst I was in his embrace, I besought him that I might remain with him. But he said unto me, At present it is impossible, but if thou desirest to walk chastely in my footsteps, thou shalt come hither after no great time. And as I remained, and was making my supplication unto him, he who had brought me to this place drew me on, and I was lifted up in his hands, and he said unto me, Come, and see thy mother also in the fire which is blazing fiercely, so that thou mayest know how to choose what is good, and towards which manner of life it will be useful and beneficial for thee to incline. Then he showed me a fiery furnace, which was burning fiercely, and every kind of thing of cruel wrath surrounded the furnace. And I heard proceeding therefrom the sound of weeping and of gnashing of teeth. And having looked down into the furnace, I saw my mother sunk in fire up to her neck, and she was weeping and gnashing teeth, and she was being consumed in the fire, and she was being gnawed by a multitude of worms. And when she saw me, she cried out with tears in a loud voice, and addressing me with the words, My daughter, she said, Woe is me. O my daughter, for these things have come upon me because of my evil deeds, and because I held to be madness the things which were said unto me concerning chastity, and the punishments which were declared to fall upon those who committed fornication and adultery. And behold, in return for my lavacious pleasure, I have to suffer torture, because I did not think that vengeance was laid up therefore. And behold, in return for a little pleasure and the momentary gratification of my desire, what everlasting punishment I have to endure, and what penalty is there which I am not compelled to pay. And consider, moreover, that in return for the short-lived happiness which I, O wretched woman, enjoy, I have to pay a prolonged penalty, and because I despised God, what evil wages I have to receive. All these things have overtaken me, because I behaved rebelliously. But behold, now is the time for helping me, O my daughter. Remember now what anxious care and attention thy bringing up was carried out, and the helpful things which I brought thee. And to speak briefly, all the good things which I did for thee. Have mercy upon the woman who burneth in the fire, have mercy upon the woman who hath been cast into such tortures as these. Have pity upon me, O my daughter, and stretch out thy hand and lift me out of this place. Now I excused myself from doing this on account of him that stood by my side. And again she wept and cried out to me, saying, O my daughter, help me. O my daughter, have pity upon me and come to me. Neglect not thy mother who gnashed her teeth in pain, and treat not with indifference her who suffereth torment in Gehenna. Now as, after the nature of a human being, I felt pain because of her tears and her mournful voice, 
I began to cry out loudly and to sigh and moan bitterly. Then all those who were sleeping in our house awoke, and when they had risen up, they questioned me, and I told them the reason of the outcry and disturbance, and I narrated unto them everything which had appeared unto me. These are the things through which, by the rich mercy of God, I chose to follow the life and works of my Father, and I was persuaded to be governed, and through divine providence I am confirmed in my belief that such punishments are laid up for those who desire to live an evil life. Such are the things which we heard from the Virgin who is worthy of blessing, and from them we may know what delights according to the things which appeared unto her in the revelation are laid up for those who wish to live in a state of spiritual excellence, and what punishments are prepared for those who choose to live a wicked and wanton life. And because of these things, it is meet that we should strive to the utmost to live a life of virtue and to excel therein, so that by the help of God we may, through our life and deeds, merit the happiness of heaven. Amen. Chapter 29 Of Stephana, a man who fell into filthy wantonness. There was a certain man in Skeet whose name was Stephana, who had dwelt in the desert for twenty-nine years. His apparel was made of palm leaves, and he lived in such a strict state of self-denial and persisted to such a degree in ascetic abstinence that he never had the least inclination for the meats which are usually desired and which are pleasant to the taste, and he greatly condemned those who, because of sickness, either ate cooked food or drank cream. Now the gift of healing had been given to him to such a degree that he could cast out devils by a word, and it came to pass that on one occasion a man in whom was an unclean spirit came to Skeet, and he wished to be healed, and when the monk saw that he was vexed sorely by the devil, he made a prayer and healed him. But at length this monk was rejected by divine providence because of his immeasurable arrogance and haughtiness, for he imagined himself to be more excellent in his life and works than the other fathers. First of all, he separated himself from the brotherhood. Then he went and became an archmandrite of one of the Alexandrian monasteries. For he said in his pride, Am I to be in subjection to Macarius? Are not my life and works better than his? And this man arrived at such a state of madness that he went to Alexandria and gave himself up to gluttony and drunkenness and to the eating of more flesh than rational beings are wont to eat. And finally he fell and settled down into a pit of the lust for women. And he was always going about in the houses of harlots and in the taverns of ill fame. And he hung closely to the whores and gratified his lusts in a filthy manner without shame and he became a laughing-stock to all who knew him. But the Spirit went forth to those who knew him, saying, The law was not made for the perfect. And he himself said, I do not act thus because of passion and fornication, neither do I do anything which is abominable. For it is not a sin to go with women, for male and female were created by God. And it fell out that one day I and the blessed man of Agrius went to Alexandria on some business which called us thither, and we had with us four brethren. And as we were passing through the city market, that monk met us accidentally, and he was talking with a harlot about his filthy lust. And when the blessed of Agrius saw him, he wept and fell down at his feet. 
and made obeisance unto him. But the man did not incline his head in the smallest degree, and with infinite arrogance and haughtiness he made answer to him, saying, What do hypocrites and deceivers seek here? Then the blessed of Agrius entreated him to go with us to the place where we were lodging, but he did not by any means wish to go, and when with the greatest difficulty he had been persuaded to go with us, as soon as we had entered in and prayed, the blessed of Agrius fell upon his neck and kissed him, and with tears said unto him, Verily, O my beloved, from all that divine service of angels thou hast been brought down to this depth of wickedness, and thou hast turned thyself from converse with God to converse with harlots. And instead of a life and service of angels, thou hast chosen the life of devils. But I beseech and entreat thee not to cut off the hope of thy redemption, but arise and come with us to the desert, for by my hands God the merciful is able to restore thee to thy former grade. Now his understanding had been so blinded by Satan that he did not know how to listen to or what was said unto him, nor did he know what he answered. And he said unto Vagrius, Up to the present I have certainly been wandering about, but now I have found the path of truth. And he began to make a mock of the fathers, and to say, Ye certainly wander about, i.e. error, and ye dwell in the desert under a false character for the sake of men, and not for the sake of God. And ye are to the spectators as idols whom men decorate, and to whom they pay worship. And thus being full of the pride and boasting of Satan, he spurned the fathers, and went forth and departed. And the blessed of Agrius and the brethren wept, and groaned over him greatly. Then that man carried off a certain virgin, who was an orphan and a nun, living by herself, with a foul design to his monastery. And though he did this with the excuse that he was going to help her by means of alms, of which she was in need, it was in reality that he might fulfill his wanton desire. And having lived with her in this degraded state for about two years, at length there came to him thieves by night, who first tied him with cords, and then smote him with hard and cruel blows until he brought out whatsoever he had in his dwelling, and laid it before them. And last of all, they shut him up with the woman, with whom he used to work out his wantonness, in a house wherein there was straw. And both of them being bound with cords, the thieves set fire to the house, and thus the two were consumed, and they died a bitter death, and in them was fulfilled that which was spoken by the teacher of the Gentiles, who said, because they did not decide within themselves to know God. God delivered them over to the knowledge of vanity, that they might disgrace their bodies therewith, and they received the reward which befitted their error in their own persons. Romans one twenty eight. That is to say, the burning of the fire, which is here a pledge of that fire which tormenteth all the wicked. Now the things which happened to Stephana took place because he separated himself from the brotherhood, and because he was unduly exalted in his mind, and because he imagined that he was perfect. End of chapters 28 and 29